The Fantasy Animation Podcast is a completely independent production. It is made by experts in the field. Chris is a lecturer in liberal arts and visual cultures education at King's College London and author of The Computer Animated Film, available in all good bookshops. And I, Alex that is, am a senior lecturer in film and media studies at the University of Portsmouth and author of Encountering the Impossible, the fantastic in Hollywood fantasy cinema, available in even better bookshops. We do this podcast to provide audiences with an informative and hopefully entertaining guide through the ways in which you can not only enjoy fantasy and animation, but study it, examine it, explore it, and of course, make it and have a career in it. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi listeners and welcome to the latest episode of the Fancy Animation Podcast with me, Chris Holiday, And me, Alex Sargent. So even though we've effectively returned from summer, this is actually our summer, the first one back after the... Yeah, and just to confuse everyone, it's also our Christmas special. It's also our Christmas special. So, uh, yes, yes. so, so I don't know why we've started this new format no. where we tell people uh, uh, <laughs> how out of order we record these things. But yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh God, the nights are drawing yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he says after the hottest October on record. <laughs> However, um, we are, we are. I was going to say we're back. We've been back for a while, but this yes. is our Christmas special and therefore brings, brings to a close um, 2023. We are doing... Arthur Christmas. So this was a this was a film that we yeah we sort of talked about doing, and then we made a deci- decision very quickly to do it, which I think is probably the best course of action. What Christmas film should we do that we'd like to do that has sort of been floating around Arthur Christmas? We've done Ardman before in various guises. We've actually done Ardman's other computer animated film, um, Flushed Away. This is their second and to date two of two podcast uh, two of two film on uh, realized new computer graphics so it's interesting from my perspective i've seen it many times i've um, written about it by contrast alex you are coming to this stone cold mm-hmm. we have just watched it um, the acoustics are slightly different because we're on tour we're out of london we are recording live in my uh, kind of lounge however you've just seen it <laughs> so that's very like bashfully my my uh, lounge is this it's very very immodest of you to, to, to boast well, about having a lounge well i nearly said we're kitchen. in chris's lovely new flat Thank in you. the heart of the west country lovely, uh, lovely and he's having me over uh we've got a pale ale uh and a, and a shepherd's pie in the oven and i'm having a whale of a time so thank you for hosting me <laughs> you're chris. very kind um you have come as i said you've come to, to arthur christmas um cold you have yes. seen it for the first time a matter of Two hours ago. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I've okay, got, great. Uh, I've <laughs> got... I know you like this movie a lot, and I don't not like it, I would like to stress. I think I'm digesting it, and I've got a lot of things written on my notes here that I suspect you don't know is written here. I think... Where I... where I think I have this thing every year when we do Christmas movies, is that... And I, thought, I think, like, why not, like, inject a bit of personality into it this year? Because I think usually I keep it, keep it as quite a dry debate. But it's this kind of idea of, like, what does Christmas mean yep. in these movies? And that almost sounds like a trite thing. But as someone that kind of actually really loves Christmas mm-hmm. and really does, in, like, look forward to and enjoy the day, even now, like... You know, when you know my family don't have any kids, like it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a thing that necessarily has one has to still enjoy. I know a lot of people at the I can it can be very hard for some people, but I always love Christmas, yes, and I always like too. to think through why I like Christmas so much. And in many ways, watching these kind of movies helps one to think about think about that, like what is it about Christmas in these movies that I love? Mm. But it also make often makes me feel quite precious about kind of new Christmas movies, as if like. As if almost like you're treating it like an adaptation, right? It's like, are they doing Christmas right? You yes, know? I see, I see, I see. You know, like, is this yeah. the kind, the way they're representing Christmas, is this what I think Christmas is and what it isn't? So I tied myself up in a lot of intellectual knots and threads thinking about that while I was watching the movie because it's a movie 
that is about Christmas. It is about the fantasy of Christmas, the reality of Christmas, um, and so many other things as well. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to <clears throat> digesting them over this delicious pile. <laughs> well, there, it's, it's only because there are. There's only. Uh, just a quick Google has told me there's there's not that much stuff written on Christmas movies. I mean, I'll probably get... I mean, there's not much stuff that Google is just giving me. I'm sure there's lots of stuff. But in terms of things that have, have kind of come up, it's it's more the Hallmark Christmas movies, that yes. that type of Christmas movie. Um, and then uh, a, a book or, or a, a piece of writing from 20 years, Christmas at the Movies, the representation of Christmas in American, British and European cinema. Sort of it. So yeah, I, I yeah, take yeah, your yeah. point that every it, it, it does function... Like a, a series of adaptations, because there and, and you know, one could argue that Christmas functions as a genre. One, one, there is a melting pot, as Steve Neal would say. Christmas is always in play. Sure, there's a there's a pool of Christmas things that films go into wonderful presents to be unwrapped. But these films go into it thinking, how can we do Christmas differently? Um, and I think this film. So one of the things I think this film does very well, well not very well, but one of the things I enjoy about it is that it takes a real technological angle uh-huh. to, to Christmas, which I do really like, and I've got things to say about that. The the collision between different different Santas sure. and and aging, I thought was really interesting, and and the negotiation of of an emergent Santa. And as a, Santa as a job, Santa Claus as a job, which is a common theme. The, the Tim Allen movie, The Santa Claus, is he accidentally kills the real Santa and he has to take on the role. Yeah, so yeah, it beca- yeah. it's a job, it's a profession. Then there's the other type of Christmas movie where where we we think the Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, sure. where it's he's real, he just lives among us, and there's the sort of. Then there's the Christmas movies that we've talked about where Christmas isn't, it's just set at Christmas, the classic die-hard debate. Da, da, da. Um, so this film is, ticks a lot of Christmas boxes. It does some interesting things with Christmas. Um, it maybe allows us to talk about Christmas in generic terms, whether or not the film is trying to... Is it doing Is it doing with Christmas what, what genre parodies do? Sure. Playing, Christmas has got to a point where it can only fold back on itself. So it's net win- but this is also not a parody of Christmas movies. It it is a Christmas movie. Well, maybe yeah. it is a parody of Christmas movies. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think I think that's that's right. And I think that what I what it's made me think actually is that really, when we say Christmas, we're actually talking about kind of the Santa version of Christmas, right? Yep. And what it actually makes me think is whether genuinely whether I like that mythology or not, because I think. What's interesting about Christmas movies is that they're often around this kind of secular mythology of of the kind of the season of Christmas, um, and and it's the reason it has to be secular is because just of the mechanics of Hollywood, the mechanics of selling these movies internationally and things like yeah. that. You know, these, this isn't a movie about kind of the Christian holiday. This is about the kind of secular Christmas, and therefore. It, it can't it has to inherently reflect sort of what are our what are our sec what are our secular values mm-hmm. and that gets me in a real kind of thorny problem in the sense that there's something very magical about Santa that I still really like I think there's almost almost something per, um, perverse and subversive in a good way at um uh, at 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 the fact that this this um this fantasy is kind of cling to and um mm-hmm. and believed by uh, so many um and of course there's a good reason for that and that's because santa is real and for those that don't think that and are very nasty people you can continue listening to the podcast and we can talk about it more but for those who obviously know the truth now's probably the time to stop listening um but there's that issue of of you know santa being this kind of mythic construction injecting fantasy into a into an incredibly empirical incredibly rationalistic world that i think is really cool and subversive mm. and there is something kind of really odd about christmas in that that you can read that way, but at the same time, it's obviously inherently commercial. It's inherently capitalistic. It's about present giving, mm-hmm. um, and it's that paradox, right, that our entire global economies rely on forced social, cultural generosity, <coughs> right? Mm-hmm. So we we won't buy for ourselves, but we'll buy for, we'll buy loads of tap for other people. So it's that kind of weird, generous consumerism that yes. that that 
Christmas relies on <laughs> that the, the Santa mythology is sort of all about, right? Yeah. And and I, and I so I basically was like, do I not like this movie, or have I just finally worked out I'm not sure I like this mythology very much? Right. Um, or actually, it, I I did a lot of that. I did a lot of that because you're right. It's a movie that plays with the mythology. It's a play. It's a film that, that makes fun of it on occasion, but also affirms it on other occasions. And I was just I'm still piecing together yeah. exactly what it's doing with Santa and whether I like it. Yes. Um, Essentially, I think painting with a very broad brush. There are two registers to Christmas movies. There's the top down and there's the bottom up. There's the or let's 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 do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's unpack these terms. What happened? One version of Christmas movies is what happens in the North Pole. The 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 mechanics of of toy production. That's often one of that's often the top down version of Christmas where something goes wrong at, at. at, right at the North Pole, Santa it's, is rep- it's filling in the world of the of the, everything, but up to twenty fourth of December. Almost. Yes, all yes, the things yes. that go on, and often the last minute panic of making sure children have presents in time. Yeah, this yeah, film yeah. fits that, and again, I'd probably say the Santa Claus is 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 part of that. Um, the, the Tim Allen movie. I mean, I'm not that actually well versed in Christmas movies at all, but I remember seeing that one yeah. to death. Um, and so there's the demystifying the production of toys and the mythology around how a man can get around the world in one night. There's, yes. there's, that's, that's, that's one. <clears throat> then the bottom up is your miracle on 34th Street where that yes. kind of takes place. The, the world is, the world is in, 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 intruded by, or, or there is an intrusion. Santa is the intrusion into the everyday. So suddenly the, 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 the girl that, that, Kind of either doesn't believe, or a character that doesn't believe in Christmas, or needs convincing, or an older character who, as a child, didn't get a toy that they really wanted and is struggling to be a believer. Now something happens to them in the world, yes. and they are they become oh yes okay so they become folded back into the magic of Christmas. So it essentially happens either in the North Pole or you know in the middle of the city. Yes. Christmas happens in those two in really those two. This film is trying to do. It's 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 the difference between an immersive fantasy and an I nearly said that I nearly said that yeah, and yeah, I thought yeah. he won't want me to say that. No, that's but good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah, often yeah. it's immersive Christmas versus intrusive Christmas. There we go. Uh, in this in this paper, I will. Sure. Uh, so I, that so that that in my mind that's 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 what Christmas is, and I've I've instantly blanked on all other Christmas movies. So I think what that jammer just <laughs> for that I think you're right, and I think as a matter of taste. I think I prefer the intrusive kind. Oh. I think that might be what I just realised. Because I think there's something about injecting the figure of Santa into the the world and stress of Christmas that I mm. find far more satisfying than the, but how does he get the presents around thing? I mm. actually think that question of demystifying might yeah. be one of my bugbears here in that I actually don't want this demystified. I... I'm a fantasist to my core, and I like the mystery. Okay, um, so actually, then, so I wonder whether immer- if we're saying that the immersive fantasy, uh, the immersive Christmas cycle of films, yes. almost by by virtue of what it's doing, has to include Santa, his wife, the elves, Home Alone, a Christmas movie, yes, because it's intrusive can be injected with fantasy in in be injected with Christmas in different ways. Santa doesn't have to be there. But the magic of the magic of Christmas can still be injected into the world. Sometimes it is the figure of Father Christmas. It's Kris Kringle. It's Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Um, but kind of Santa has to appear in the first kind of Christmas movie because it's about the mechanics of of production and and, and as you say, fleshing out the world of of Christmas. But then the intrusive fantasies that take place in grubby America, where there's a toy store, like the Hallmark genre, I guess, are more. They don't. They don't rely on the figure of Christmas. They use a different kind of Christmas yes. mythology to inject it to inject itself with. I think you're right, and I have more to say on that. But I think we'll. I, it'll come up as we. Uh, oh yes, un- we're doing a film, aren't un- we? Unpack, yeah, yeah. Uh, unpack the film. But I have a lot more to say about the kind of the figure of Santa and and kind of the rhetoric of Christmas. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Do you want to give us the the kind of synopsis here, Chris? Yeah. This is your baby. I know you've you've. This is a film you think about quite a lot. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, m- as, more than I'm comfortable with, if I'm honest. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say as soon as yeah. as soon as um you know we're past sort of Ash Wednesday, I'm yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. We're off I'm thinking, thinking about this movie. I'm thinking about this movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so um yeah, g- give us give us kind of what you see the syn- the synopsis of the film is. So it is basically Ardman. So we can talk about the production of the film later. It's as I said, Ardman's second. Mm-hmm. 
and last computer animated film released in 2011. Interesting because it's directed by um, uh, a woman. Very rare for for computer animated films. Well, animation as, as a whole, I would say this. Some interesting work on women in animation, of course, written by lots and lots of people. Mindy Johnson, Bella Honus Rowe, for example, have written on, on women in animation. So this is a mainstream computer animated film, a UK and US co-production directed by Sarah Smith, uh, written by a name that may be familiar to some uh, listeners, Peter Bainham, who works a lot with Armando Iannucci, of uh, Chris Morris, um, Alan Partridge, that sort of, and I, that's also why I like the film. I think there's a there's the humour is particularly. Yeah. Um, it's very, it's a funny movie. It is a funny movie. There were some uh, Sergeant giggles, which yeah. is not often the case when we do some some film. Um, anyway, so the the film is about the the essentially it is demystifying how one man and his army of elves and his family, his extended family, um, can deliver films during the course of one night kind of globally and they kind of play with that the local and the global how does santa and it is uh, revealed to be a very tight um well-oiled machine uh operating from mission control in the north pole so santa is a name that is kind of passed down through generations so you have the grand santa played by bill nighy then you have sort of San- santa claus in 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 the film, which is Jim Jim Broadbent, or as to give him his full name, Malcolm Claus. Then there is Hugh Laurie Stephen Claus, who is the elder son of of um, Malcolm and, and Margaret, and he's the sort of business. Yeah, he's the he's the the brains of the operation, or likes to think he's the brains of the operation. Voiced by Hugh Laurie. Yeah, they call it like someone calls him a bureaucrat or a pen pusher, or he's yeah, he's that, words he's, like that. He's that archetype. Yeah. And then there's uh, the younger brother, um, clumsy. Uh, very, very sweet, very lovely Arthur Christmas, voiced by James McAvoy, who is sort of he he he's sort of pushed to the side. He works in the mailroom, responding to children's letters that they write, giving giving the personal touch to this sort of broad industrial system. Let's say the industry of Christmas. He gives the personal touch by writing these letters. Yes, you will get this. Thank you very much for your letter. Um, we're delighted to whatever you will get this bike that you wish. Thank you so much. Um, so he, all of these little arms work really well. The drama happens when one child is missed. So part of the yeah, absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. So um, all of so, so all of the film is basically a journey narrative about how you how Arthur Christmas who joins up with the Grand Santa, who has sort of since retired. The actual Santa wants no part of it. Stephen Santa is feeling. Uh, Stephen Claus is feeling very cynical about the whole thing. Um, he's not interested, really. Um, Steve, so, Steve Claus wants to be Santa, but in a kind of way that it, he's due a promotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's yeah. he's the next. It's it's basically succession. Yes, um, yes, yes. Or or indeed a, a senior lectureship application. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've got the professor. You've got the reader. You've yeah, got yeah, the. Se- yeah, in fact, yeah, you probably yeah. have got those in those four yeah. kind of three four characters. Sure, you've sure. got that. Sure. So. Um, yeah, that's basically it. So you've got the kind of retired Grand Santa, you've got um, the kind of dopey actual Santa, you've got Stephen Claus, who, as you said, is waiting for his father to retire so he can assume the mantle of Santa Claus. And then there's um, Arthur Christmas, who has absolutely no interest in being... He's very, yeah, very clumsy. He also doesn't like heights. He's scared of kind of everything he says in the film. You know, scared is all I've got. So it's these four characters. The film is really about the, how those four characters keep Christmas together and keep it stable, ably supported by um, characters who definitely aren't inspired by the minions, the elves. Um, I should point out this is a co-production with Sony, so of course they're the minions, however... Um, uh, so, so there's some interesting about those. It's a kind of a family drama in that sense, but basically half of the movie is... is, um, Arthur... Arthur, um, I'm saying Arthur Christmas, his name's Arthur Claw. Arthur Claus... um, and Grand Santa trying to deliver the last present to the one child that's been missed. And hijinks ensue. You have kind of dramatic um, and comedy drawn from the fact that one is super old and retired and a bit sort of wacky yes. and prefers the old ways. And then Arthur Christmas himself, who has never really been out of that mailroom and is now on this journey with with his grandfather to try and deliver this last present. Um but yeah, so that's basically it. Yeah. So I guess the film is playing with lots of different tensions um, surrounding how you do Christmas properly. What does it mean to do Christmas properly, to get to get the spirit of Christmas? And they're not completely dissimilar, but but there are there are slightly different ones. There's there's the one tension, probably the most obvious tension, is this whole thing about technology 
versus... Oh, yeah. Well, well what is it... Ver- I was about to say versus magic. But oh. it's sort of magic, but it's more sort of um, brass knobs and and levers and quirky things. But it's certainly... The, the epitome of it is the difference between kind of the grandfather's approach to Christmas, which is to get the sleigh out, um, sprinkle magic dust over it... Yep. Um uh, and kind of and deliver the presents hand by hand, Santa by Santa, to um in in that kind of way, versus the far more efficient, bureaucratic. Yep. Every, everything's got a process. There's probably a health and safety policy. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Uh. But. But one child is a good statistic in that world, right? You know, in, yeah. in the world of efficiency and and data management and averages and missing one child is fine. missing one child is an acceptable margin of error. Yeah, yes, um, that's exactly what the character yeah. one of the characters says at the end. That um, please sign this waiver. Of course, you can understand it's such a complex business. One child is sort of, mm. um, but no, that's not right. But but versus this other kind of yeah, person to person. Hand to hand, and then you've got yeah, and then so you've got this kind of yeah, it's a tension between ma- uh, technology and and old ways, the past and the future, but also between kind of yeah, the the um, the grand picture and the small picture, right? The kind yeah. of it, 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 if every other if every other child gets their present smoothly, is it okay to leave one child behind? Is I guess the kind of semi moral question. The, the film masks so i I guess i'm going so i've 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 written about this and i wonder actually whether i I was too sort of simplistic in drawing an analogy between given that you know technology and and but the by hand the personal touch and and in the chapter i'm sort of playing with the idea that this is a film that comes off of the back of of a lukewarm critical reception. I mean, the film Arthur Christmas is was very um, well received, and not that Rotten Tomatoes means anything, but it currently has like a ninety plus ninety two percent. Like it's it was a very popular film, and there have been kind of clamours in certain forums for a sequel. Right. And a lot of the actors have said, "Yeah, I'd love to love to do a sequel." Like really popular commercially and critically. However, it comes off of the back of Ardman making a less than well lukewarm film like Flushed Away, which we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. And so this is their okay. Well, we, we, we've we've cut our ties with DreamWorks. We're now joining up with. Sony Pictures. This is Ardman doing digital again, and I painted. I think, yeah, again with a with with perhaps two broader strokes. The distinction between kind of the the efficiency of a drone and the kind of mechanical computerized distribution of presence, where as you say, one child can be missed, uh, and so therefore the kind of fallibility of that kind of automated delivery versus the old ways, the the EV, you know, the the, the this old brass bit of wood, bit of brass that they go around the world in sprinkled with, with magic dust. And I kind of made the distinction, well, actually Arthur's workspace is he sits crouched over in this little little office writing letters. He he basically looks like an animator. He looks like a little hand drawn animator working yeah. um all all hours, whatever, um, crouched at his desk. Versus this big shiny world of of Sony Pictures animation of of technology. However, so I initially thought, okay, well, maybe the, the, there's a kind of phobia of the film with regards to Yuletide kind of technology. But actually, it does embrace, I think, some of the spectacular possibilities of digital machinery because some of the camera work is really mm-hmm. cool. Um, the film takes a lot of pleasure in depicting technology, actually, even though there is this kind of fallible element to it. So I'm not entirely sure I buy completely my argument around the film being quite easily mapped onto cell animation, digital technology, because the film kind of... A lot of films... We, we had this a lot, a lot with, I think, um, Mitchell's vs. The Machine. Yes. Films that are like, oh, technology actually absolutely love the medium that's that's creating it. Yeah, but it's that, it's that you know, it's that classic kind of, you know, Hollywood thematic paradigm of two ir- irreconcilable tensions somehow reconciled. Um, I don't mean that really as a criticism, but mm. it's that, isn't it? It sets these binary oppositions and the film kind of... You're right, it doesn't... It doesn't hate technology, mm. but it's not in love with it, and it does love the brass, you know, sheen. It loves the sleigh more than it loves the ship. Yeah. But I guess the film kind of ends with this begrudging kind of, well, technology's all well if it will get us, if it will, if it will mean we get to do what we wanted to do with the sleigh even better. But it can have the temp- it can have the ability to kind of strip away old values i guess mm-hmm. is the, the idea mm-hmm. it's quite it's it's certainly for most of it quite technologically determinist it's kind of it's implied that it's 
it's the way they're doing it that's creating this mentality within the older brother and and the, the Santa Claus, this kind of, oh, well, does one child really matter kind of mentality because of the way they've kind of bureaucratised and... and, and 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 the way the technology almost kind of mm. keeps them away literally from the you know santa kind of does this kind of mop up mission where he lands on one house and kind of watches the elves do everything but it's not santa putting the the present on, under the tree anymore so it's literally the technology is kind of dislocating them from the heart of the matter and therefore they feel quite yep. easy to be emotionally and but it ends by sort of saying as long as you don't do that you can still use technology. Yeah. And I certainly I think there's mean. at least, I think there's certainly your reading isn't un, un, unavailable and probably available to lots of people who know a bit about the behind the scenes of that. And that's pretty much the position Ardman seems like they feel like they're in, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Know. That's the other thing is that you know. you're trying to map, you're trying to basically say that Arthur Claus, Arthur Christmas is, is, is Ardman. You know, he, he versus his older brother, who is this, as you say, this, um, digital i won't say digital native but because that's the other thing about the film is that it doesn't it's not it's not going well we shouldn't do this we shouldn't do this technology and we don't really know what it was done like before there are gestures to it but it feels like this is just how christmas is done yes it's implied that sort of he sort of says that i used to do that you know basically sort of around he keeps giving dates but it's around about sort of mid 20th century isn't it he yeah. makes reference to war a cuban missile crisis the cuban ref- missile crisis yeah so it's it's implied about 50 you know in 1940s 1950s you could do it all with a sleigh in one night yeah as if as if that still was not you know it's almost implied that it's because the world's population has boomed that we now need to. You use just need a tech. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But whilst before the slave approach really was fine. So like, it, you know. Um, well, actually, well, this is I don't. Yeah. This is why like that. It starts with this big, you know, letter from the from the from the child in question that becomes the kind of centre of this narrative, uh, asking these questions about. But how does Sam? You know, the questions that all kids ask. How does Santa do this? How does Santa yeah. do that? And the parents' answer to that is to say, well, Santa's magic. He can do. He can do it anything, yeah. yeah, and leaving it at that. Whilst the film's answer to that is to kind of, as you say, explain via technology, yeah. Um, so before, yes. uh, so I, I was, I'll ask you about the magic versus technology. Yes. I think the so so essentially, is, are we saying that the film is sure, not sure about whether this is a complementary rather than adversarial relationship between sort of Ardman as stop motion film? company yes and Ardman as branching out into digital tech I think the, for me it's encapsulated in the in the essentially the, the film's use of like uh, satellite navigation and, and digital tech insofar as it can get you to the right place as long as you put the right address in so it's not that the tech is wrong it's yes. that maybe the people using it are yes not. so so there's a, a couple of times it happens where they think that they've gone to the right place first of all Arthur and his grand grand Santa have gone to the right place and it turns out they've gone to Trulu in Spain or something, somewhere yes. like that, uh, and then it happens again because the brother Stephen makes exactly he's in the Mexico. Same. Actually. Mexico, yes, sorry, Apolo- yeah, no, no, yeah, apologies yes, yes, to, the, yes, yes. to the Latin American listeners. Sure. Uh, sure. Um, uh, we should do quite well in Colombia, you know. There we go. Yeah. Thank you to that um, one listener yeah. or two. Who knows? Sure. Um, so there's something interesting about that because those scenes seem to exist to sort of go. No, we're not. We don't hate technology. Yeah. We're just saying that the in this film. Like idiots use it, and that's where the comedy is, and it's or, fine. Or idiots, or just as I say, like um, De- is it what's his name? Steve Stephen Stephen mm. Claus. Stephen Claus isn't an idiot, and he's not unkind, but he's his priorities are efficiency getting it done. and getting yeah, it done, yeah. um, and the grander picture and an organisational structure. Not not uncaring or unthinking, but in a pattern of thought that can very easily remove... Well, you know, as I say, like, Arthur's very much about this kind of emotional face-to-face relationship with the the people we're giving the gifts to. So, you know? so my question then is based on this thing of kind of magic. Yeah. Do you? I mean, I just I don't know. Given what you what you um you said at the start about what is it about Christmas that we like yes. that you like um that sort of mythology that secular mythology around this sort of season of Christmas, um. It, it is, and also Christmas is a kind of collective fantasy, I suppose. This this emphasis on technology, I'm trying to think of another film that sort of does it with this. I mean, I've seen again. There are films that talk that show 
the, the um, kind of what's the factory floor, sure, um, and the elves working and the kind of stuff that has to happen. But this is really quite an intense. So I just wonder where what the relationship is between kind of technology and and kind of magic in terms of is what this does to a, a Christmas film that sort of says no, it's just like a business. Is it like a super cynical film? I guess is my question. Well, I, I don't think it is. Well, I don't think it thinks it is. Just a business. Just a business. I don't think it thinks it is, yeah. but I think... Is it cynical? It's not... I don't want to go too far to say it's cynical, but it certainly wants to... It wants to normalise things mm-hmm. that I think are probably best left <laughs> spectacularized. Um, and this applies to the use of technology, so it wants to kind of explain how Christmas is done in a more rationalistic register than Santa can do anything. Yeah. But he also, they also want to do it at the level of the figure of Santa. And this is where, yeah, this is where I, w- I want to throw fantasy theory at this, in that um, Brian Atterbury, friend of the show, been on before, check out his episodes, it's terrific, um, uh, makes this point about characters in fantasy. And he talks about, and he draws on kind of semiotic theory and, and actor network theory about kind of social relations within narratology. It's all quite complicated and lots of terms. But to try and simplify it for listeners who don't want to go down that cul-de-sac, he sort of talks about the difference between characters that function as actors in a story mm. and characters that functions as, function as actants in a story. And the difference he, he, he kind of makes, and, and I, I think he's citing other people in this, and I do follow the reference tree, the book Strategy of Strategies of Fantasy makes this point, is this idea that, that the, 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 the actor in a story is defined by the content of their, their character, right? So um, uh, what would be a good example? Sort of, you know, just take any kind of modern... Uh, cl- classical Hollywood's uh, kind of inspired story. The key to understanding a character and what the character's going to do in the drama is understand their goals, their motivations, their psychology. Mm-hmm. That's once you know that, you can cue yourself into their narrative role. Because I know, for example, let's take um, let's take I keep on calling him Dave Christmas, uh, Hugh Laurie, Steve, Steve Christmas. <laughs> Let's take Steve Christmas's uh, role. You need to learn who he is. You need to learn what he is. Okay, he's not a a nasty guy, but he's an ambitious person who has a chip on his shoulder because he believes he basically does all the work and organises Christmas, and he deserves to be Santa. Once we know that, we can start to plot his narrative role. So that's kind of the actor function. An actant... Is a, is is serves a narrative function primarily first, and is defined by that narrative function. So, you know, an antagonist is an actant. Um, the function is to stop the protagonist. Once you work out that someone is an antagonist, you don't need to necessarily know all their motivation mm-hmm. to know what their function in the in the drama is. Um, protagonist, same thing actually. You know, once you know who your protagonist, you can find out what they are and who, what makes them a, this type of protagonist. But you know who the protagonist is, yeah. So, what he's saying is that fantasy characters lay themselves lend themselves much better to be actants than actors because actors require a kind of investment of psychological. Mm-hmm. Transparency and realism. We treat them almost more like humans, whilst actants, you see them as story structures. Okay. So this is a long-winded way of me saying that I think Father Christmas might be better served as an actant yeah, yeah. than an actor. Um, he 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 is a he is an emblem of Christmas that we throw on. His function is to embody some kind of um, personified, yeah, anthropomorphized even. Um, embodiment of what we mean by Christmas with all its contradictions and messiness and confusions um, I'm thinking of just like classic Edwin S. Porter's tw- uh, The Night Before Christmas he arrives, Christmas is here Christmas is here because the, he, is, ha- he has arrived hmm. this film seems very interested in making him an actor or, or, or is it actually because this is the problem actually is the film sort of plays with that distinction right is that we have lots of characters who wants to take the role, the job, as you put it, of Father Christmas. But what it ends up settling on is this idea that Father Christmas is a function 
It's uh, yeah. It's something that's beyond individual personality yeah. and yeah, individual yeah. thing. It's a function, and they've got to perform that function. Yes. So yeah. in a way, the film is interested in this very kind of theoretical paradigm that I'm talking about, but I don't think I find the idea that Father Christmas is a job very magical or satisfying. So the, give, making Father Christmas a job that is passed down... Mm. Um, because uh, my immediate kind of go-to is something like Sp- the Spider-Verse film that we did where it's like at the end anyone can be Spider-Man. Sure. Um, and I was thinking, okay, so is is making Santa Claus, the role of Santa a job, something that's passed down, that's trying to, in your words, it's trying to make him an actor when he, when we, when we, we much, it's much better, Santa works better as a kind of, as you say, a, a, an embodiment a sto- of Christmas magic. And but, at, at, with all the vague, the reason it works better that way is because actually it's very difficult to define what that means, mm. and it allows the the viewer to develop a more satisfying process of. Because I mean, come to it, think, it, you know, yeah. I, I, people who don't like Christmas could probably argue the opposite should be true, because in a way, by making him an actor, by making him a human, you can start to pick apart some of the obvious contradictions and problems and critiques we could levy at Christmas yeah. because it, it normalises it and it stops it being this kind of magical, omnipotent force and it becomes something people have to do. And once it becomes something people have to do, you have, you can ask, well, why should we do it? Um, mm. And there are problems to levy at Christmas. For example, I mean, you know, one can't help notice they land... They, it's a very global movie in many ways and I thought I found that really kind of quite fun. Most... Christmas movies are not like that, right? It's all set in either the North Pole or um, a school that's putting on a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. somewhere with snow, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't do that, but it is in. They're all they're all Christian countries that the film lands yeah. in, and it knows it has to do that because at the moment it lands in any you know Middle Eastern Asian country, uh, India. You know, any country that doesn't have a, a vastly predominant Christian country, we start to go. Hang on a minute, what what? Yeah. We start to reveal all the problems of, of what... So he doesn't go to all the houses all the time. You know, yeah. so what, is, he drop, is, he, is he dropping presents to people who don't celebrate Christmas? Yeah, you know? I Is see. he dropping these, all these bikes to people who are like... Who, yeah. who are, yes, who, who quite rightly are, are choosing not to celebrate whatever. So, yeah. That's okay, a lot of, lot, of, <laughs> lot of stuff from me, so... Uh, okay, so that's... So I, no, I just... I, so I wonder whether this ma- maps onto the different kinds of Christmas movies. There are Christmas, Christmas movies that are about Santa Claus and by virtue of their narrative has have to include... Have to include Santa as a bearded man, white man, white beard, red red clothing. Right. That's that's there are yes. there are films that and and again the Santa Claus involves Tim Allen transforming into that image of Father Christmas. Then there are films like like Nativity. Actually, yeah, I was I was going to say Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, but that still does tap into the white man, white beard. Films like Nativity, where it's it's set at Christmas, but there's somehow. A, a spirit of Christmas that is perhaps more. Father Christmas is like a story structure because he 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 could appear, but he doesn't have to appear to be a story structure, presumably. He's, yeah, yeah. In, in in the same way that he doesn't appear in a Christmas Carol. Yeah. But Christmas Carol alludes to some sort of thematic of Christmas. Yeah. When he appear when San when Santa appears in a story, he is that thematic. Yeah, that thematic is there. So when he appears, mm. he, he I suppose is the difference between actors and actants, and I this won't be right, but in in Christmas movies, it often plays along that if he if he appears, they're probably going to talk about his psychology. Like if he appears in a film, even a Christmas film, there's a reason for that, and they'll do something with with his with well, his character. Y- yes, because because mainstream movies are based on a Hollywood model in which character centered causality, David Baldwell, um, is yeah. key. So what can you do? He's not a very. I mean, we're talking about narrative. He's not a very narrative figure. Like you know, most time you know when when he's you know it, it, it's a law, it's a mythology. You know what do you do with Santa um, as a narrative figure? Well, there's not much you can do other than. Um, other than well, I think I think you can. I, I think Miracle on Thirty Fourth Streets does it well, in the sense that there is this kind of there is this Santa that doesn't get completely humanized or embodied, mm. but um, but 
Yeah, it's not really an end to this. No, I, I, I'm just thinking about films like, okay, so for like Fred Claus, for example, that has yeah. Paul Giamatti as Father Christmas. Yeah. Something goes wrong and Fred Claus, his down yeah, and I don't out, like any know. of these movies. Yeah, so, so the ones, yeah. that, exactly. So the ones that try and give him a home life or try and give him, try and explore, yes. explore that side of things. So Fred I, Claus... I guess once you start dramatising that this is a job, a f- once you start turning the function he plays, the character of Father Christmas, the actant of Father Christmas, once you dramatise that and make it a job someone has to take on, it asks a lot of questions about what that job is that that doesn't happen if it's just an actant. Gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the reader, the viewer, whatever genre we're working in whatever medium we're working in gets to do that work for for the role yeah whilst once you do it you go okay so what is santa's function in arthur christmas is it is it to put a present under everyone's um yeah yeah christmas tree because if that's the function then i don't that's not my santa you know, hashtag not my Santa. Um, you know, that's not what I. That's not what embodies Christmas for me. Yeah. And I'm speaking quite subjectively. I'm talking about a sort of. I'm using lots of fancy words to sort of really just review the movie. Like I'm, you know, I, that's not what Christmas means to me. I don't care about that, and I don't necessarily think other people should care very much about that. Mm-hmm. And I know that is insane to say that Santa can embody something that isn't that when that is Santa's. That's what we know Santa does, right? But I think there is a way of doing it if you let Santa kind of not have this role because then it just becomes this sort of giant toy manufacturer well isn't there that I, and I don't know if this is the um, the the kind of the, you know the Coca-Cola advert with the holidays are coming which yeah. is our family our family anthem yes um, that in all its weirdness I think has more magic about Santa than, than right because he remains movie. an actant yes yeah okay what's horrible about horrible about the, uh, the advert if you want to get all kind of you know, anti-capitalist, which I'm very happy to do, is that they use that to inject a product with that magic. But, but the but the but the character remains functional and effective in it. So, because I was thinking, uh, I, I don't think this is true. I'd like to know when someone will know the the sort of when that image of Santa being solidified like that became solidified. Like oh that. yes, I don't know enough about that, right? But I did um, read something. It was as mu- almost as much to do with. Obviously, I don't know when these commercials started. Of course, of course, but but like he it, it was sort of invented retroactively to sort of look like that. Anyway, I, I, yeah, I've, I'm, there's that. I, I think it's a, I think it's um, hypocritical, but there's that whole thing about is Santa red because of Coca Cola, right? I don't, yeah. I don't think. No, that's I don't think true, it's true. But, but it, listeners, re- writing the correctness. There's of course, "Twas the Night Before Christmas," the poem by Clement Clark Moore, which is credited with kind of creating a yeah. lot. What like, year is that? Oh, um, he's going to Google it, everyone. He's going to Google it. Uh, 1823. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, it describes, you know, that's the that's where we get go, you know, go dancer and, uh, you know, the reindeer's names and the, you know, the, a lot of the vernacular from that poem forges. What, what year was that? 1823. Oh, okay. So according to Wikipedia. Six, 60 years uh, before the uh, first Coke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I don't know if it's described as. I don't know if he's got a red jacket on in the poem. I would have to reread it. But a lot of the kind of, you know, he has a sleigh, um, he has reindeer, these are the reindeer's names. Okay. Um, he comes in, he leaves presents, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of stuff online. There's lots of stuff online, which means it's probably and and not behind a firewall, which means it's probably not true. Which is, you know, did Coca Cola invent the modern image of Santa yes. Claus? So yeah, I mean, a lot of it will be kind of apocryphal, of course it will, but it kind of speaks to a bigger. Okay, so Santa is obviously always well, mediated, but I don't think Christmas movies are. I don't think there are many good Christmas movies about Santa. I think might yeah. be my. Uh, I, I got that. I got that I, from what I, you know. I can think of one movie that does Santa quite well, but it's weird. Well, I say one movie, one story, and everyone always forgets Santa's in the Chronicles of Narnia. Santa's in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. There's a weird bit in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe where. Um, where the Percival children are given weapons by Santa. Santa arrives because what does the White Witch do to Narnia? She makes it always winter but never Christmas. Mm. That's what they always say. And then Santa arrives showing that Christmas is coming and he gives them weapons and like teaches them how to fight the White Witch mm. and then he goes again. 
it's a mad bit in the it's a mad bit in the story, and everyone always forgets it's there because it's just it is weird. But it, he does function as an actant of Christmas there. So um, okay, so okay, so uh, Google's Google's telling me this is from the twenties and thirties. This sort of solidified image. Fine, of, yeah. Okay, okay right. So that's in. Okay, so that's interesting. So it seems like that that distinction that you're making between actors and actants is often can often play out quite simplistically in films where he does or doesn't appear um, because when he does appear there are often attempts made to psychologize his character that are that raise more questions than they answer when he's briefly when he appears very briefly in the coca-cola advert or whether he is more embodied as a spirit rather than a person with a wife a factory sure. a younger brother uh, a, a dropout son, like all that kind of stuff that you you feel sure. are sort of quite unfulfilling. It seems like yeah, his kind of spectral role as an actant is seems much better served. Yeah, I mean it could it could be it could be in, it could be a less it doesn't have to function like that. Like yeah. you know John Wick, right? <laughs> a film I didn't think we were going to mention today. No, no, no. John Wick is he an act? Is he an actor or an actant? I would argue he's an actant. Like, do we care? Do we really care about his psychology? Do we really care about his backstory? We 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 recognise his narrative function and we go with it. Yeah, you know. So it, it can be a degree of style and kind on this kind of stuff, but okay. I don't think there are many good examples of yeah. Santa being in a movie for ninety minutes plus that doesn't do something I don't really want it to do because it just makes the whole thing. A bit either icky or confusing <laughs> to me. You know? I mean, we're, we're, we're at the risk of dwelling on this because I, I think this is really, oh, not really. Oh, I don't think we've dwelt on it enough, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm wondering whether it it's it allows people that distinction allows people or, or it, it's the, really the foundation of whether that people think stuff is a Christmas movie or not. The whole debate that we had last year yes. on the podcast. Um, and the conversations around Die Hard and Christmas movie, yeah, yeah, all that sort of stuff. I wonder whether it, ha- when you have Santa Claus functioning in either of these two ways, I don't know which one is which, but one of one of those makes it easy to claim for its status as a Christmas movie more than the other, and and so there's a sort of a Christmas movie doesn't have to have Santa Claus in it, i.e. Uh, well, I suppose Home Alone does well, does well, have Santa Claus in, but it doesn't have the real Santa Claus. It has the store Santa Claus. Sure. But is that is that enough? Well, you know, I, I I don't want to confuse actant with theme, right? And I think we the I think I always say about Christmas movies is there are movies set at Christmas and there are movies about Christmas, and they're not necessarily the same thing, although they can overlap in a kind of Venn mm. diagram. So, for example, I don't think Die Hard is, and and I want movies that are about Christmas to watch at Christmas. Okay. So I don't think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I know now half our listenership are shouting at me. Fine. It's a movie set at Christmas. It's not about Christmas. Yeah. Superficially it is. There's some narrative things about it. It doesn't interrogate, engage with, celebrate, affirm, critique, whatever it needs to do. A notion of Christmasness. Okay. And that's what I want a Christmas movie to do. Does Arthur Christmas give you that notion? It of does. Christmas-ness? Whether I okay. enjoy its findings is what I'm trying to work out, but it definitely does engage with that. Right? It's very interested in what makes Christmas Christmas, what makes Santa Santa, what makes this magical, what makes it not magical. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's very interested in that question. I just don't really understand its solutions. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I, I think the 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 film is trying to. I suppose it's tricky with Christmas movies, and it goes back to what you said at the start. Like people, often Christmas movies are trying to reinvent what Christmas. Unless you're the Hallmark movies, which have their own audience and successes and formulas, that's that's fine. Uh, a new kind of mainstream. This is a you know mainstream animated. I'm trying to think. There's yep. obviously animated Christmas movies, but a mainstream animated Christmas film from Ardman and Sony is trying to do it's it's trying to, it's got to do something new with Christmas. So I yes. think in that sense it. It leans on okay. What's the newest and the most modern thing of all? Right, well, technology. So we'll just we'll just lean into that, and that's really, it. That's really what it what it sort of got in terms of some of the the kind of family connections. I've seen those before. Sure, I've seen sure. those kind of tensions between like Christmas Chronicles, for example, with Kurt Russell. It's like got his wife, like Mrs. Claus. It like I, I there's there bits jokes of, that she's doing everything really. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've yeah, seen yeah. the family. T- so it sort of takes the the, the 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 chosen son and the kind of you know uh, yeah. the, the the kind of layabout, but actually heart of gold. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Sure. So I feel like I've seen the family 
relations before. Although I did like the but kind of Bill Nye is this sort of quite manic grandfather but Grand- again i have seen but no no this is i mean i've seen critique. bill nye do it sure, in love sure, actually but sure, that's really sure, a, sure. A, a film that also doesn't have santa claus in it um, no. but is often considered the pinnacle of christmas, christmas movies. movies yeah um, i don't i don't like love actually but um <laughs> but that's but we, fine we, I, we haven't we, got time to do that so no. let's move on yes, yes so, no, that's true so uh, i've seen those kinds of relationships before because that's often how christmas movies try and sort of stick their flag in the sand and sort of say, this is how we're going to do Christmas New. We're going to show you bits of the operation that you didn't yes. didn't know or the, the challenges of it or the kind of personal side of things. Uh, and often that's played for comedy. Like, that's kind of the point. Though. The mechanics of it all are sure. played for comedy. I get it. Um, what this film tries to do is that it it, it introduces... It, 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 it kind of plays with, plays with the, the, the real technological... Sort of that plays with the technological Im- imagery, like as I said, really delights in the image of the the um, the drones and the the control room and seats with espresso machines in, yep. and it and it loves the sort of gadgetry of Christmas, while the toys are often bikes, yes, and th- things that are not supported by flashing LED lights and and sort of. Yes. whirring things. Yes, in all. reality, everyone would be just getting an iPad, wouldn't they? Yes, yeah, but pe- yeah, yeah. but it's like, so the kids don't want that. The people who make Christmas yes. love it. The people who want presents don't want that. Yes. They want they want stuff by hand. And I can't remember at the end of the film whether or not they, um, whether there's any sense that they'll, they've learnt their lesson. But the lesson of the movie isn't they shouldn't be buying people, they shouldn't be giving people stuff. Yeah. The lesson of the movie is just that the way they do it is a problem. So actually, the, the film has no problem with the fact that that the the essence of Christmas is everyone needs a bike, or that it's kind of because te- even the, the the point is is at the very very end that that Evie is destroyed or Evie sacrificed. Evie is the Eve, s- Eve is the sled. What, yeah, why yeah. is it called that? Did uh, I, I miss that? Bit? Christmas Evie. I don't know. Um, oh, is that it? I think so. See, it's it's. I mean, he says Evie. It's written here as Eve, but anyway. Right. Um, yeah. So fine. it's that sort of the old ways are sacrificed, um, and Grand Santa has to kind of give up this archaic relic of his of his the way that he used to do Christmas, basically, and used to run Christmas. Um, so that is sacrificed, and then the new high-tech sort of yes. system is is, Chris, is ah, it's rechristened Evie in honour of the, the old thing. Um, but I don't know. It, it's, it plays with this thing where magic is still present in the world because... That's the, that's the magic dust and yeah, yeah, but they just choose not to use it. They choose they choose to use the technology. They choose to so it, it's partly. Yeah, but in, in fairness, even the magic. This is why I actually I would question the word magic because even the magic dust is kind of they explain what's in it, and I think that's implied that it's doing something that mm. it, it it likes to provide some quasi rationalistic explanation for almost all the magical elements of the movie, mm. um, even if it doesn't try very hard. But the message of the movie is: it doesn't matter how you do Christmas, as long as you do it, get it done. Yeah, yeah. As long yeah. as you do it, and and I'm not quite sure what it, it is. It seems to be making kids happy by buying them bikes. Mm-hmm. But you're right; the bikes implies. So I guess I guess it's back. I think we've had this. We've definitely had the Christmas debate once a year before, and now it's time to have for the last bit of this podcast the Ardman debate we always have, which is this very kind of confusing: is its nostalgia a problem or not? Is it lovely and quaint? Because there's something nostalgic about Christmas, and I love, you know, I'm, you know, mm. but is its nostalgia a problem? Because people aren't getting bikes for Christmas, but it it feels the need to make to pretend like they are. Mm. Um, otherwise, what? Otherwise, they don't like the idea of them all running around the world giving them iPads. Like, um, well, there's that weird. Okay, so there's that weird scene where there's a re. Okay. Is we it, both have a weird scene. You is go, it you the bit yours. where the kid wants the bike and doesn't give it, let it go? Because that's my weird scene. No, where... my weird scene is before that, although that is a weird scene. My weird scene is where uh, the grand grandfather claws... Yeah. And it comes after probably my favourite scene in the movie, which, because I'm the fantasy guy, is the bit where they get the sleigh out for the first time and off they go and the mm. music soars. And then he says something like, I tried to write it down verbatim, but I might have got a word or two wrong. We clauses used to be the only men who could fly. Nice. And I thought, what on earth does that mean? 
Um, we used to be the only men that can fly, as in, we now live in a world where there are planes, so we've lost our speciality. Um, the use of the word men is interesting. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the fact it's clauses, so it's familial. It's, mm-hmm. it's we are the chosen uh, hereditary race. And it all gets a bit... It all gets a bit white privilege, actually, if you really start to unpack it. It's, it, you know, it, we, 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 this used to be our country. There's a, <laughs> you know, there's um, a, yeah, there's a lot, there's a, there is a line. So, and I nearly, I nearly, I don't know what the line is either, but there's something around, we want Christmas to be white or something like that. And well, I was like, well, that's a weird sentence. I don't, I don't, to, because I don't, I, no, no, no. I don't want to like, I don't want to go too far with it, but it's, it is that Ardman thing of like, um, Wallace and Gromit live in a world that doesn't exist anymore and you kind of seem to want it back and I'm trying to work out what it is you want back mm-hmm. because I because I, I don't want to say that like I, I, I would have to rewatch frame by frame but certainly it's, it's a it's a white world it's a it's a 19 it's a Beano world it's mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. 1940s to 1960s world um, well, but that but, but that's also it's not a world where Wallace gets a curry uh, not to be really glib, but like it's not a it's not a post seventies world. Yeah, it's not a post mass immigration world. No, it's not a multi multicultural world, but it sometimes can allude to multi races at least. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we we have we have Indian elves in this film. We have American elves. We have Latin yep. American elves, but they're all elves doing Christmas. You yes, know? yes. Um, it's. It's it's that is the more I think about that stuff stuff with Arden, I really don't know where I stand on it because there's something I don't I don't want to critique it too heavily because it and it's not just because I feel like they're too cuddly to critique yeah but there is something weird about what their vision of Britain means and even just stuff like the kind of you know silly French jokes like part yeah. of that is funny funny and ludicrous and part of it's like is this our is this our national identity hating the French. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and to an extent they're right. Like it is, like you know, because um. it's funny because the film opens with that, as you said, that that little girl writing, um, who will be the one who who loses her or doesn't get her her present, mm. um, but the the problem is that it tries to make Christmas local because Arben that's how Arben work. Arben they're not international. They don't partner with American studios. They're, even if they do, they're still local. So they're local. Well, they, they make... He's using he's using air quotes, everyone. They make British movies. Yes, yes. Um, um, so that's and 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 part of where the comedy part of where the comedy and the fallibility lies when when places and other parts of the world have the audacity to be named the same as places in this country. Yes, that's and and, and it's hilarious. It's hilarious, and and people. What, and an, they don't speak Spanish, and, and of yeah. course, why would he speak Spanish? Despite the fact that like a lot of the world's population is Spanish, in fact, yeah. quite a lot of the world's ca- um, Catholic population is Spanish. If we are hinging this to Christianity, which we definitely are, I would I would suggest Santa should learn Spanish, yeah, like, Santa particularly should. a procedural loving, administrative loving Santa. He should definitely know Spanish. Yeah, um, yeah but, but yeah. he doesn't, and it's hilarious that he might. So, um, yeah, so I wonder, you know. I don't know. So that ambivalence of Ardman, it, it feels a little bit that there's they they're trying to sort of play with they're trying to be Ardman, as you say, like they make kind of British movies, and a lot of the humour and the way that we laugh at characters is their inability to ad- that they are so blinded by technology that they will turn up at the wrong place and look blankly because that's my my weird scene is when he's sort of yes. Steve at the end gives the, gives the little kid the bike and then realizes that it's the wrong. So tries realizes it's the wrong part of the world, and he's like, "Ah, sorry." And he tries to take it back, and the kid's like, "No, no, I, I need this bike. My happiness is is contingent on having this extra present that I sure. didn't know I was going to have." That, and so it's it's a, maybe the film is just a little yeah. bit confused, and, a little and, bit. and then what that ends up being is you have a, a Mexican child who's kind of coded as greedy, mm-hmm. and a Cornish child that's lovely and waiting for a bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now. Cornwall's got a county with lots of lots of different economic scales in it, and I don't quite know where the town is. And looks, it look, it doesn't look like one percent by rural poverty, although that is a problem in Cornwall. Um, it looks like a lovely, quaint, middle-class Cornish fishing village. Yeah. Um, so true. So it's quite a nice house, isn't it? It's quite a nice house. So they um, they find so. Um, 
after Christmas, I was reading the trivia. There is there's a ta- the Trelu, um, which is also the name of in 1865, 150 Welsh emigrants sailed on the ships Mimosa to Patagonia, Argentina. So um, Trelu in Arthur Christmas is supposed to be in Cornwall, yes. but it's um, so it, so Trelu lies in in Cornwall, and a fictionalized version of it appears in Arthur Christmas, but it's also the name of some a place in Argentina. So it's trying right. to it's playing with yeah. Like, so there's a real. Cornish village called Trelew, and and rather than do the other real Trelew in Argentina, we'll just put it in Mexico. So uh, a, a, a spokesman, I, be, I am being deliberately harsh, but like that's the bit that troubles me with Arden. Yeah, a spokesman for Arden said the reason Milo was chosen is because we wanted a typical. Why is Arthur Christmas set in Cornwall? We yes. want we wanted a typical English village to stand and stand out with a name that could be paired with a name in another part of the world. It's paired with Trelew in South America, but you need to see the film to find out why. So there's a lot going on in the film, and, and, and that's kind of played very, as you said, played very silly, uh, played played very um, sillily for comedy, like that there is this miscommunication and that the sat the technology has it's failed. Like, it's like people who you hear these stories about people who drive into a lake because the sat nav told them, right? It's, it's the kind of it's their equivalent of that, right? Yeah, yeah. but the sat nav's definitely the problem and not their inability to. Well, this is the, what the film says, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is again, this is maybe where I think the um, sort of yeah, is the film. Phobic about has it got this phobia of technology? No, it loves it. Um, it plays with the affordances, but it also plays with its limitations. It then tries to put characters. Hard. I mean, but characters like Stephen, who are who make these kinds of mistakes about the location, are deliberately like they're supposed. They are nominally the villain. They're not really villains, but he he is the closest that the film gets to a sure. villain. And maybe that's where the film. There's no kind of compression on the. The only compression down on the film in terms of narrative structure, there's no like top-down compression because well, time is the other. Thing, time right? is the only one because Santa doesn't really care. The actual Santa doesn't really care because yeah. he's sort of in bed um, yeah. and sort of disconnected from it, and and reveals some of his true colours when he says, "Well, it's only one kid." Uh, Stephen sort of storms out and says, "Right, I'll leave it to you." Yeah, and. Grand Santa is with Arthur anyway, so there's no actual compression. And Grand Santa doesn't really care about the kid; he does it because he wants to prove his ways were the better ways, or and so actually, even his motivations for going aren't sincere. So there's no real compression. There's no real kind of jeopardy. It's only that the this the, the only the only jeopardy is one child needs a toy. Yes, which perhaps isn't enough on which to hinge an hour and a half of Christmasness. Well, I just think if that's that's not my that's not the not jeopardy Christmas. of Christmas. It's not the jeopardy of Christmas that the child doesn't get the, the bike. Yeah. Um, well, there we go. I think it's, it's yeah yeah. Hey, I think we've been a bit harsh on it. I think it's good. I think it's funny. It's I think funny. It's whimsical. And yeah. I think um, I don't think it provides necessarily that neat answers to any of these things. So. It's, I'm not claiming to it presents any certainty in these factors. I think it's quite a negotiating movie in many ways. Um, yeah, so I... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I think maybe this is part of the problem when you read these, read the technological narrative in and you say, okay, so it's an Ardman film and so it's already... It's got that legacy of the handmade. It's trying to negotiate a new technology. It there doesn't interest- look very much like an Ardman movie. Yeah, yeah. There are a, bit, there are a few characters here yeah, or there yeah. with the thin nose and the big eyes or whatever, but but actually, as I've got written right at the start here, visual style, not very Ardman-y. Yeah, um, yeah. Compared to Flushed Away in the previous episode, which does look very Ardman-y. So... Yes. I don't know. Interesting. Yes, um, it has it has imperfections in the characters in other ways, and and sort of, of course, like many computer animated films, it tries to ex- it exaggerates and challenge. And you know, I think actually part of what the film there's a little bit where part of the reason that they say that there was a, a problem with child child not delivering a having a toy. Uh, a present is uh, glitching, which is, of course, one of the main reasons, the main way, uh, main ways the digital has been understood as yeah. this error. An error of the digital is a is a is a glitch, and so it's trying to. The film is it uses in its character design um, ways through exaggeration, and and yeah, there are a few tweaks to the design that suggest that it's exaggerated. But you're right that it's not the by hand flushed away wide mouths. Um, and Flushed Away was very particular in the way that it synthesised Arben's character design with digital technology. Arthur Christmas is is doesn't use that. It's the second of these two films, so it it doesn't quite have the same kinds of character design as the other uh, the other films. And maybe it, it it tries to 
reflect its negotiation with technology narratively rather yeah. than through character design. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. We're going to end the podcast with a Christmas quiz. Jim Broadbent and Bill Nye are both in this movie. Bill yep. Nye, he plays Jim Broadbent's father. Yep. In reality, they are separated by one year. Who's the older one? Jim, I reckon Jim Broadbent. Broadbent or Nye? Listeners, place your bets now. Broadbent or Nye? The answer is Jim Broadbent is 74. Bill Nye is 70. Three. Yeah. Okay. So Broadbent's one year older than Nye. Okay. Don't know what that means. Nye, well, I would um, say Nye does a very really good. I mean, he does the in Love Actually. He's basically playing his Love Actually character, sure. a kind of like wacky, yes, slightly adult, slightly less lecherous, yeah, um, slightly less lecherous, <laughs> um, and with no desire to put out a Christmas single. Although actually, that's also true of his character in Love Actually. He's yes. not really interested and, in that. And and you said actually, as we finish this movie, the one thing I really hate about Christmas movies is that desire to put out a Christmas single uh, of like you know. D- Twas the night before Christmas, done by um, Ariana Grande uh, with robots. Uh, or yeah, it it's, yeah, that's my um, my pet with Christmas movies is the new interpretation of you burn and Yeah, so I think in a many ways that no. is that's my problem with this movie is the new interpretation with robots of something that you could have just. I could have just watched the Santa Claus of the movie again. There you go. Fair right. enough. All right. Fair enough. Well, I'll see. We'll uh, have a have a lovely Christmas, everybody, oh, with all yeah. its contradictions and confusions. If you um, if you're a fan of the of the year, then then enjoy it. Um, you know, we, you don't get to enjoy too many things in life, so just enjoy what you can. Christmas uh, for those who, who who find it a harder time of the year, um, we'll see you on the other side. Um, we'll be back uh, in January for Very another well. episode. We're going to take a week or two off just to to do all the things we've just described um, and we'll be back in January um, but otherwise um, we'll see you back in January or we'll see you this time next year for another debate about the nature of Christmas <laughs> yeah. um, and some other uh, movie that will dredge from uh, from Christmas the, anna- the annals of my yeah yeah something else that's on my DVD shelf that we can do quickly sure but now we're going to have a pale ale and a shepherd's pie uh, Merry Christmas everyone bye <laughs>